Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. I was praying this very particular moment, meditating on the things of God, and I was asking God, Father, what is it that you want your children for them to be able to take out of tonight's service? And the word came to me. He said, tell my children that I have given them the power to stay above all circumstances. The power to stay above all circumstances has been given to you and I. But the problem that I notice with us as the body of Christ is the fact that because of our limited understanding number one and also the factor of time sometimes make us to feel that we don't have the power to stay above i'll repeat it again because of our limited understanding number one and number two the factoring of time sometimes make us feel as if we don't have the power to stay above and so because of that tonight i'll be bringing the topic that i've titled by god's grace staying above the covenant ways I don't know about any other ways, but I know the covenant ways. I don't know what to say to you that would, that would, what for lack of a better word, that would tickle your fancy. But I'm going to be bringing God's concept and God's principle, his system and his structure that can empower you for you to stay above all circumstances. Because this is this, my, my dear family of rest. I want you to understand this tonight, that you are, every one of us is going through circumstances. Everybody is going through it. Whether you like it or not, for instance, now we've just been heard by, by the president here in South Africa that we are currently on the third waves. So the government is going through circumstances. You yourself, you're going through circumstances. The difference between you and the person that is dying or the person that is complaining is the understanding beyond that, that very particular person who is failing. And that's the truth of it. Your understanding of the place and the things that you carry on the inside is what makes you to stand above. But the truth of it is the fact that every one of us is going through challenges. We may come out putting our pancake on our face. Is it pancake? They call it makeup. Putting our makeup on our face, putting those tangerines and eyelashes that make us look pomp and prim. Ability for us to carry those things that presses your stomach to have six pack or to give you the figure eight shapes and stuff. But you know that after the day is over and you come back home remove all those things you are faced with the circumstances that want to make you feel as if god is not in existence anymore but i'm here tonight to challenge you that every one of you tonight that has been faced with whatever difficult challenges i pull the power of god from the office i occupy that those circumstances will be swallowed up tonight in the name of jesus there are circumstances that we all are going through. Whether you like it or not, we are all going through stuff. Sir. Every one of us, including me, your pastor, we are all going through stuff. But the difference is the fact that we have an understanding that makes us stand and we come out not in the place of pretense. We come out in the place of confidence and knowing too well that these challenges, it is common and we can be able to come out of these. And so because of that tonight, let's look at the scripture. 
What are the texts of tonight? So that we can then be able to run this very particular work easily and to deliver God's counsel to your hand so that you can be able to work. And please remember that this is Mind Shift Thursday. It's a Thursday service that will shift mind. Ability for us to understand certain things. The dealings of God and how God operates with us on earth. There is always the dealings of God and there's also the earthly dealings. And so tonight we'll be putting a balance into this very particular thing so that by the time you are going to be running your race, you will have the grace for you to stay above anything in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at our test tonight, the book of Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1 to verse 3. Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1 to verse 3. And please I'll be reading from the Amplified Personalized Castic Edition which is known as the AMPC. Yes, AMPC. Most of my scripture will be from the AMPC, the King James Version and also the Message Translation. So please and please, I just, I'm just, I just need to put this out there so that you can be able to just quickly punch the scripture and also change it if in case if your Bible is saying different things from my own Bible. Let's look at the scripture this moment. Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1 to verse 3. I miss you all. You don't understand. Thank you so much for being here tonight and God bless you. Isaiah 51 from verse 1 to verse 3. The Bible here says, it says, hearken to me. He said, ye followers after rightness and justice. He said, hearken to me, which means it is a compelling or probably a command that has been put on the table. He says, you who seek and inquire of and require the Lord coming him by necessity and by right. He said, look to the rock from which you were hewn and the hole in the quarry from which you were dug out. He now says in verse 2, he said, look unto Abraham your father and Sarah who bore you. Which means from this very particular scripture, God has given us a prototype of what we need to do for us to stay above circumstances. And the best person he can use, he said, we should look unto Abraham and also to look unto Sarah. He said, for I called him out, I called him but one. He says, and I blessed him and I made him many. Which means he, Abraham was coming from the one place. He now says, verse 3, he said, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort her workplace. Which means no matter the circumstances you are going through. He said, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort her waste places. And um, will make her wilderness like the Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Um, it says joy and gladness uh, will be found in her. Thanksgiving, um, thanksgiving and the voice of songs or instruments of praise. But there's something they said in verse 2 that we want to look into. He said, look unto Abraham. The ability for us to look unto Abraham. Now let's go to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 from verse 16 to 22. Because I wanted to see that every one of us have circumstances in which we are dealing with. And how that Abraham was able to manage his circumstances. And also, what are the things that he was able to do for him to stay above all the troubles and to the point that he was able to have a result. Like we say in the book of Genesis chapter 24 verse 1. He says, God has blessed Abraham in all things. But we get to understand that Abraham go through kind of all manner of temptation, trials, difficulties, and circumstances. But he was able to stay above. Romans chapter 4 verse 16 to 22. Romans 4 16 to 22. The Bible here says, it says, Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. Inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. 
and and depends entirely on faith. He says, in order that it might be given as an act of grace, which is unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants. He said, but only the devotees and inherent of law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. He is now giving us something from Abraham. Those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. He said, who gave life to the dead and speak to the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as they already exist. Verse 18, he said, for Abraham, he make us to understand, for Abraham, human reason for hope, being gone, which means the circumstances that was around Abraham, his human reason for hope has been gone. I want to you, I want to pause here to tell somebody something. Just because you feel as if your faith is failing you, just because you feel as if the natural realm is failing, my dear, I want you to understand that as long as your human reason is failing, I want to beg you, let your faith and your hope let it not be on your human reason. Because we can see where the life of Abraham in verse 18. He said, For Abraham. He said, human reason for hope is gone. So which means the Bible attests that as far as we are human, there are circumstances that will make us feel as if we are a failure. There are circumstances that will make us feel as if we are not living up to the mark of Christ. There are circumstances that will buffet our body, our thinking, our business, that will make us feel as if nothing good can ever come out of our life. But I said something here, that Abraham, in that verse 18, he says, hope in faith that he should become the fathers of many nations, as he had been promised, so numberless, so shall your descendant be. Now verse 19, the Bible says, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was good as dead. It was, which means here, what the Bible is going to understand. Abraham acknowledged the fact that as far as my body is concerned, it is finished. It's like you this moment, without very particular circumstances you are going through, you have acknowledged the fact that this one, it is over. But now this is what Abraham did. It says here, Hope in faith that he should become the father. Okay, now verse 19, sorry. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his body, which was as good as dead, because he was about a hundred years older. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah, deadness woman. He says, verse 20, no unbelief or distraught made him waver. Which means regardless of what he was saying, he was, and this is the thing here, the fact that sometimes we preach that no, you don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to think about this very particular thing and stuff. My dear, the presence, the, the reality is your bank account is reading minus 250 rand because that's the bank charges from the receipt. The reality is there. But now the same thing also applies for Abraham. The reality of the fact that he is 100 and the Sarah apparently at that very particular point also the deadness of the fact that Sarah womb can no more carry any baby. The reality was there but Abraham had an understanding he says um, that he did not put his trust on those very particular things um, and concerning the promise of God but grew stronger and was empowered by faith as satisfied and assured um, that God was able and mighty to help him 
He said, fully satisfied and assured. Which means, as far as Abraham was concerned, the ability for him to stay above the circumstances uh, was for him to put his faith and fully assured in God. Which means he knows that this circumstances, um, like I like saying, me and my wife like cracking joke, he knows that this one, I am totally finished. I am totally dead. There is nothing that can come out of this. I know that I've got into the wit end of my life. I know that no matter what I do from this very particular point, that it is not going to happen. Abraham was at that very particular position. The same thing also applies to somebody under the sound of my voice. You have gotten to the point in your life where you know by your intellect, I cannot move from here. By your understanding, I am already at the wall. By every means that I've employed thus far, I know that it keeps failing the same thing also Abraham got to that point but I'm here to challenge you tonight that as we begin to engage on the covenant ways the same way Abraham engaged whatever that has swallowed you up they will vomit you speedily in the name of Jesus and so because of that tonight beloved I want you to understand this that what you are currently going through it is something that is small whatever you are going through I want you to commonize this. One of the popular scriptures I like reading in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. And I'll be reading it also from the AMPC version before we get into the points that I want to consider tonight. The Bible says here, it says, For no temptation, no trial, regarded as exciting to sin. He said, no matter how it comes or where it leads, he said, has overtaken you or led unto you this that is common to man. Which means God is making us to understand this scripture. That everything that you go through. You see, this is the thing I want people to understand tonight. God is not oblivious of the fact that you are going through circumstances. He knows you are going through circumstances. So the part whereby you are trying to be on a self-denial mode. That no, I am not going through this. You are lying. In fact, you are a lawyer. If I have to say that, you are lying. Because what? The reality of you accepting that this is what I'm going through. But what ways do I need to engage to come out of this? And that is where the victory begins. It's like somebody who is denying of being divorced or somebody who's denying of being sick. The moment you deny yourself of that very particular reality, the ability for you to provide solution for that thing will not be in view. But when you know that this is what I'm going through, so you now begin to look for strategic system, God's methodology, earthly methodology on how to come out of this very particular thing because why? You have accepted that this is what I'm going through, but there is a way out. The Bible now says here, he now says also, he said that it's not temptation or triumph has come to you that is beyond human resistance. He said, and that is not adjusted or adapted and belonging to human experience. He said, and such as man can bear. He said, but God is faithful. That's what I like about this God. He said, but God is faithful. He said to his word and to him compassionate nature. He said, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted beyond which you are able to bear. Which means God will not allow you to be tempted. The place that for the fact that you are going through that place of circumstances, God himself knows. He is beating his hand on his chest. He is saying, I know that my daughter can come out of this. I know that my son can come out of this. Imagine God sitting in heaven, putting his hand on his chest with an assurance and a guarantee that I know that this one will not deny me. The kind of confidence that God had when Job was being tested by the devil because of his fear we can see something um, where god confidence was strong on job uh, he said to devil he said i know that this one no matter what you do 
He will never curse me and die. And we can see when the place of God, what's called Job, then the place of Job trial was at the peak when the wife came to tempt him to curse God and die. Job, 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 for the matter of fact, Job asked his wife, Are you mad? Are you like, what nonsense is that? Because why? The God that he served knows too well that as far as the God I serve, I will never curse God, regardless of what is happening. And so, because of that, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. The Bible makes us to understand in the message version. It says, these hard times are like small potatoes. Ha. My dear sisters and brothers, it, the other one we read, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It said, this is common. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, these are small potatoes. What you are going through, my dear sisters, tonight, I came to commonize it. I came to make you to understand that regardless of what you have lost, they are small potatoes. I want somebody to type it back to me. What I'm going through, it's a small potatoes. Ability for you to say, what I'm going through, it is common. Until you commonize that very particular thing, the ability for you to come out and to stay above may not be in view. It says here, it says these times, it says these are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. He said, the lavish celebration prepared for us. Which means, I don't care what men are saying. COVID level 3, I don't care. No matter what the business market is saying, that the fact that I've lost $10 billion, I still don't care. I understand that this one, they are small potatoes. Watch me bounce back again by understanding what to do. He now says in verse 18, he said, there are far more than meet the eye. He said, these things we see now, they are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things which we cannot see, the Bible says here, that they last forever. They last forever. But there's something that is very interesting that I want you to get tonight. It says that these hard times, he said, they are like small potatoes. These hard times, if this is where I need to stop tonight, I know that my job is done. The ability for me to come and empower you, to make you understand that what you are going through is common. What you are going through is a small potatoes. What you are going see, you are the one that is making it a big issue. That is why it's a big issue in your life. The moment you look at it and say, This is common. The moment you look at it and say, This one's they are small potatoes. I can come out of these. Now that's when the solutions begin to come out of you. The Bible says in first what's called first Corinthians 10 13. He said, God is faithful, he will not tempt you beyond that which you are able to bear. But in the place of that very particular circumstances, in that same place, and this is the thing about the God itself, in that same place, there is a way out. There is a way out. I want somebody to say this after me. There is a way out. Oh, I want you to say, put your hand on your chest and be bold enough to say it. There is a way out. And so because of that, what must I do to stay above and ever winning? There is always what to do to stay above and to always constantly be winning in the things. And my dear sisters and brothers, these are stuff that I have found in God that I constantly engage. You see, as I'm saying this, I'm smiling. That I constantly engage and I see God pull through for me at every point in time. And that's why I can come up boldly. Some people will say that I come out in a rude manner. I say because I know that I serve a God who will always come through for me regardless of the circumstances. And so because of that, I'm not quick to talk about the problem. 
I'm quick to look for solution for the problem. I'm not quick. And the same thing also, we are busy. We are busy indoctrinating the platform family. We don't talk problem, we talk solution. We don't talk circumstances, we talk above. We don't talk poverty, we talk prosperity. We don't look at what is currently happening. We look at what can happen if we're about to engage the principle of God. And so because of that, my dear, this point will keep you on top of your game regardless of the solutions around because if you can understand this point you'll be able and there are some of the points tonight it's point to just remind us in terms of staying above and some of the point tonight please i don't want you tonight to begin to say no i've heard about this allow the spirit of god to move on the inside of you allow the holy spirit to talk to you from the position of rest to make you understand that this one it is a small potatoes uh, that this one it is common uh, and i god am faithful uh, i will bail you out if only you'll be willing to accept my terms and condition with that being said tonight what is our point number one point number one in staying above every circumstances in the covenant way is number one stay in the word of god oh yes my dear sisters and brothers the ability for you to stay in the word of god see circumstances are coming your way and this is the thing there as far for every believer they are coming your way so that it can distract you from the things of god it, i remember i think of recent i've I, I, I forgotten a few weeks ago the holy spirit called me and wake me up and said call one of your daughters of the commission and let her understand that these very particular things that she's about to do uh, that it is taking her away from the time uh, of staying in god uh, and quickly i called this very particular lady and stuff uh, and after at the end of it all uh, she agreed and said no pastor i hear you because why circumstances will always want to come to take you out uh, of the will of god to take you out uh, of the promises and the plan of god the ability for you to stay in god's word to stay in god's word if you notice i'm not saying the ability for you to read you read and stay you stay there that no matter what is happening i will stay in the word of god because why we get to see the book of hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 hebrews 4 12 the bible says here it says for the word of god is alive and active the word of God is alive and active. He says, sharper than any double-edged sword. He says, it penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thought and the attitude of the heart. It judges the thought, which means the word of God carries the full potent power to do what I call full services in your life. The word of God, the ability for you to constantly stay in the word of God. He says it judges the thought and the attitude. Because most times we think that the ability for us to go to the word of God is for us to look for the promises so that we can engage. Yes, that's a good thing. But at the same time also, in staying in the word of God, it helps to process the thought. Why are you going through that very particular circumstances? Why is this thing failing? What are the things that you are doing that is not making it to work? When you stay in the word of God, it judges those very particular thoughts. It judges those very particular attitudes. Attitude of unforgiveness. Attitude of bitterness. Attitude of anger. Attitude of betrayal. It judges them when you stay in the word of God. No wonder we get to see with a particular man I love so much. His name is called David in the book of Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart 
because he understand that 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 me hiding the word of god in my heart i will not sin against you indirectly my thoughts and my attitude will constantly be in check via the word of god my thoughts and my attitude he said i will hide them in my heart not just put them in my mouth or confess them they will become part of me so that when troubles and circumstances want to come, I know which word of God to pull out from. I know which part for me to be able to engage. I know which thing for me to be able to handle. The ability for you to stay in the word of God. It also says in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8. Isaiah 40 verse 8. It says the grass withered and the flowers fall. It says but the word of our God endures forever. Now, this should give somebody a confidence that the word of God endures forever regardless of the circumstances. The word of God endures forever regardless of the doctor's report. The word of God endures forever regardless of what your boyfriend, your husband, or whoever, whatever they are doing, regardless of it all. It says the word of God endures forever. It is not something that happens per time. It is something that happens all the time. The word of God endures forever. Psalm chapter 18 verse 13. Psalm 18 verse 13. He says, as for God, he says his ways are perfect. He said the Lord's word is flawless. He says he shield all who take refuge in him. The ability for you to take refuge in him. When you take refuge in the word of God, you begin to find that his ways are perfect. His words are flawless. His ways are perfect. His words are flawless. Which means regardless of every circumstances, you throw the word of God in there because you are staying in there. It carries the possibility and the capacity for you to stay above circumstances. It carries the possibility, the potent and the pureness for you to be able to wrap the possibility and to stay in that very particular word. To stay in that very particular word. To stay in that very particular word. See, my dear, it is in the staying that you have your standing with God. Not the part whereby you come in the last time you read your Bible was on Sunday when service was happening to the point from that moment till now you've not even know. You are wondering why are you going through all the things you went through from Monday to the Thursday. Stay in the word of God. Stay in the word of God. I will not forget this very particular scripture. It says here, it judges the thought and the attitude. There are some certain attitude that we are currently displaying. And that is why we are going through some certain difficulties in life. Because why? We have refused to allow the word of God to pass through us. We have refused to allow the word of God to filter our thought and to help us in our attitude. With that being said tonight, point number two. What must I do to stay above? There is always what to do. And if you can know what to do, my dear, you see that I'm smiling. You are already victorious in everything that you do. Number two, what is it? Be fervent in prayer. Be fervent. If you notice, I didn't just say pray. The ability for you to be fervent. The ability for you to be constantly in prayer. And when we talk about prayer tonight, I'll be bringing on some certain concepts so that it can help you love the place of prayer. One of the biggest things I've seen with an average believer, I use the word average, with an average believer is the fact that when we hear the word prayer, we dare it. We don't want to go because why? We are so afraid because we don't understand what the mystery of prayers entails. Now let's look at the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. It's a popular scripture we all know. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. The Bible says here, it says, be unceasing in prayers, which means 
pray fervently. The King James Version. He said, pray without ceasing. Which means the ability for you to pray in good season and the ability for you to pray in bad season. See, there are some times that the devil will bring some certain problems to come. And the problem is to target your prayer life. Because he knows that if he can take that very... Let's say, for example, you go do a business. And the money you were saving, you took the money to go and do the business. And you lost that business, my dear sisters and brothers. I am here to tell you tonight to introduce another new concept. The reason why you lost that money is not because the devil wants to spend the money. The devil is targeting your prayer life. That if I can get you out of your prayer life... You will not be able to recover from the things in which you have lost. He knows fully well that if I can get you out of your prayer life. And so because of that, he is going to target your prayer life. He is going to come to attack your prayer life. The Bible says here in this very particular scripture we have just read. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 7. He said, be uneasy in prayer. I mean be unceasing in prayer. Which means the ability whereby you don't cease at all times. Yes, you loved your loved ones. Father, I thank you because indeed you are the king of glory. I may not understand what is happening, but I choose to. I come before you because why? You know that this one, the enemy is attacking my prayer life. The enemy is trying to look for a way that if he can get you out of the prayer world, he knows that repair will not be in view. If he can get you out of your prayer life, repairs cannot be in view. And this is the thing here, by the time I was preparing this message, God was saying to me, that the reason why people, the prayer life of people is being attacked by the devil is because the devil knows that prayer is God's authorized channel for man's redemption. He knows, and because he does not have the grace for him to pray, to pray his way back into the things of God. My dear, don't get this one twisted. Devil is looking for a way to repent, and because he knows that repentance is not in view for him, he is angry to the point that anybody that wants to engage on this very particular thing, he will fight them with everything that he has. They will fight you. See, just because you lost the business, just because you lost your loved ones, just because the person betrayed you, and all of a sudden you get bitter with the things of God, that's where the devil is actually targeting. He is targeting you to get to the point where you become angry with God. Because if you become angry with God, you begin to look for every nonsensical means for you to stay relevant in the things of God. I mean, stay relevant in the things of life. And because he now have you as like an handkerchief, the day he gets bored about you, and he notices that you are not useful to him anymore, that's your devil. He will now wipe you. And before you know what's going on, life is finished. But yeah, say be fervent in prayer. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans 12, 12. It says here, yeah, he says, rejoice and exalt in hope. He said, be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. He said, but be constant in prayer. But be constant in prayer. Which means uh, it may not go the way I want it to go. Uh, but I'm still going to wake up in the morning and say, Father, thank you. Uh, it may not look like the way things need to be. Uh, but I'm still going to wake up and say, Father, I may not understand what is happening. But I choose to trust you. Uh, I understand that prayers, uh, it has been given to me uh, as my redemptive channel. Uh, for me to pull uh, the unprecedented power of God to operate in my life. It is a channel that God has used. Uh, and so because of that, this momentum, let me help you tonight. Uh, Things you need to know about prayers. Because when you understand this system of prayer, you will find it at all time, regardless of what is happening for you to go into the place of prayers. Number one, prayer is God-authorized system and legal communication strategy for man. Prayer is God-authorized system and legal communication strategy. It is a system. It is a strategy that he has put legally for man to be able to communicate with him. 
if you cannot find yourself in the life of prayer with God, my dear, I don't know what, whatever voice you are hearing, I don't know where it is. Yes, I know that you study your Bible. And this is the thing about studying the word of God. When you study the word of God, the light and revelation you leave, you use prayer to enforce that thing which you have received by studying the word of God. And so they walk hand in hand. They walk hand. You cannot say, but I study God's word and yet I'm not praying. And so because of that, why is it not happening, my dear? Whether I like it or not, like South African call it, they are all mixed masala. The, the food is mixed together. You cannot separate the salt from the pepper and the magi and also the onions when you need to make that jollof rice. Everything comes together to make the food good. So also is your prayer life. What is it? It's God's authorized system and legal communication strategy that he has put for man to constantly stay above. Because how do you know what step to take if you are not living a prayerful life? How do you know what direction to make if you are not living a prayerful life? How do you know what to do at every point in time if you are not going to find out the time for you to pray in season and out of season? The out of season may be when things are difficult. The in season may be when things are good. But in season and out of season, the ability for you to pray. And also what is it? Number two, prayer is power and authority is sustained through the, the power of consistency in prayer. Power and authority is sustained through the power of consistency in prayer. The ability for power whereby you, you, you walk everywhere you are not bothered. They say that some certain times you may not have the money in your bank account. There's a certain time that the sickness and diseases may be buffeting your body. But because you understand that you have prayed it, it is not unto death. You know because of the position of the prayer you have engaged in God. Because you know that I have used this authorized system to communicate my pains, to communicate my fears, to communicate my reality, and to enforce the revelation of the word of God I have received. You are not bothered because power and authority is now in your hand. So number one, prayer is God's authorized system and legal communication for man's strategy on earth. And number two, it's the consistency of prayer that guarantees the power and the authority that we have. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Luke 18 verse 1, it says here, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray, ability to pray, no wonder we see with Jesus, where Jesus says, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayers. He knows too well because that prayer is the only channel in which God understands to communicate. It's a strategy, it's a system. Not complaining, not going there and grumbling. The ability for you to pray. One of the things in which I put here, I said, we as believers pray in the light of the scripture received. Enforcing the light in us through prayers. When we come as, as believers, we are enforcing the revelation of what we have received. We are enforcing it in our life via the channel called prayer. And so because of that, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I want to show you three things what prayer does. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It's a popular scripture. It says here, it says, but those who wait upon the Lord, he says, will renew their strength. He said, they will mount up with wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. But those who wait on the Lord, ability to wait on the Lord in prayers, ability to wait on the Lord in fasting, ability to wait on the Lord by studying the word of God. He said, those who wait on the Lord, 
It says we're renewed in strength. What is it? One of the things you need to understand with this very particular concept, three things that I saw from the scripture, is the fact that prayer is what sponsors renewing. It is what sponsors renewing. And this is the thing I want to say tonight. Prayer sponsors transformation from the position of revelation that you received. It sponsors transformation. See, we don't go to pray to God to get. We go pray to God for us to be transformed. For that version of what we want to get to come to us. I'll repeat it again. We don't go to God to pray to get. We pray to God for us to be transformed so that the version of us can grow to be able to attract that which we want. I remember this afternoon. My wife and I, we are looking at our vision board for our family. And all of a sudden, I was saying to her, she was asking me and she said, Babe, when all this happened now, what would what, what would happen? And I said to her, I said, the version of me has grown to that point. That is why when all this would come, it was not going to crumble me, but rather, I am going to grow from that level to the next level. Because why? I have prayed myself into the transformation reality. My mindset, like we've just read, it, the word of God has judged my thought. And at the same time also, he has helped my attitude. What does prayer do? It sponsors renewing. It sponsors renewing. Number two, it empowers to mount up. It says you will mount up. It says for they will mount up with wings like eagles. The ability for you to fly on like an eagle's wing. Whereby when your positions are coming and yet you are still going. You are staying above. It empowers a mount up system of strategy. Number three, it strengthens to run and not faint. It strengthens to run and not faint. Which means from that scripture, three things we can see. Because I want you after tonight, the understanding of what you need to do and how to pray. You can pray it well without you just feeling anything bad. Is number one, it sponsors renewing. Number two, it empowers a mount up strategy. Number three, it strengthens you to run and not faint. And so because of that tonight, I want you to also understand. Number three, is the fact that prayer is one of God's dominion power already established for the saint to take over. It's a dominion power. It's a dominion power. There is an enemy of your father's house that is attacking you. Prayer is the only way you can engage that very particular place. After taking your time to study the word of God, you have bumped a revelation. You now come in the place of prayer and use that system and strategy to dominate what you need to do. We can see one example of prayers. In the life of Jesus. As I begin to wrap up this very particular point. One example of prayer in the life of Jesus. In the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 28 and 29. Luke 9, 28 and 29. The Bible says here. It says now. About the eight days. After this teaching. Jesus took with him Peter, Peter and John and James. And went up to the mountain to pray. He didn't go up to the mountain to go and complain. He went up to the mountain to pray. And this is what happened. The Bible says there in verse 29. He said, and as he was praying, which was in the place of prayer, there are some certain things that happens when you pray. I know that you may not be seeing it physically. I know that the Bentley you want to have is not in your hand. But in the place of prayer, your transformation is taking place that can enforce the Bentley, the Rose Royce, the husband, the wife, the living the rested life. In the place of prayer, this is what happened here. It says the appearance of his countenance become altered. The appearance of his countenance in the place of prayer. The appearance of his countenance become altered. And number two, his raiment become dazzling white, flashing with brilliance of lightning. Which means two things happen to you when you pray from this very particular scripture. Two things happen. Number one, your countenance change. 
which means the position of your heart has been transformed. That's why I said it. I'm going to repeat it again. Prayer sponsors transformation in you. That level of wealth you want to enjoy. For us as Platform Church is our month of financial rest. That level of work you want to engage that will increase your finances. Prayer can only sponsor the transformation in you so that your level can be updated or upgraded to attract that kind of level of finance. He now says, number one, here your content has changed which is the position of your heart. Is there bitterness in your life? Is that fear? Is there circumstances that is making you feel as if it is unsurmountable? Prayer can deal with that very particular stuff. Number two, rediment for illuminations of the flesh. Rediment for limitations, sorry, of the flesh. Rediment. The Bible says them. It says his raiment become dazzling, which means um, the physical stuff of him, um, the limitation that limits his flesh, the thing that made Peter, James, and John could not see Jesus, the look of the physically, there was a remedy to the limitations. Remedy to the limitations. It's break forth on every side. And I know too well that as you engage on this very particular strategy of praise, everything that looks unsurmountable, everything that looks difficult, as your understanding of this truth comes into light, you will pray and you will be able to win them all in the name of Jesus. I decree upon your life tonight, whatever the devil has done to frustrate your prayer life, tonight I redeem you out in the name of Jesus. Number three, what else again must we do? The covenant ways of staying above circumstances and trouble. Number three, the Bible makes us to understand staggered not the ability for you not to stagger the ability for you to keep your faith alive the ability for you regardless of the circumstances my dear you can study the word of god you can pray but when your faith is not in view my dear forget it for see just it's a wasted effort because i don't understand why i even praying if you don't even have faith and believe that you are going to be able to get it we see that in the book of romans chapter 4 verse 20 and 21 romans 4 20 and 21 the bible says here he said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not. We're talking about the man called Abraham. Abraham refused to stagger. He kept his faith regardless of the fact that his body is old and the womb of his wife Sarah is no more functioning. He staggered not. He kept the faith alive in God. The same thing also applies to you and I tonight. For us to be able to stay above every difficulties and challenges, every worries and anxieties, everything that has been beating us down, we need to get to the point where we staggered not. And that's why for us as platform, we call it that we are living the rested life. Because why? Our faith is rested. Our confidence is rested in God. And our trust makes us to commit to the things of God, whether we are not bothered. And so because of that, when we tell you that we are living the rested life, we know too well that our faith is locked in God or our faith is locked in Christ and Christ in God. And so because of that, no matter what you throw at us, throw us a lemon, we'll make an orange juice or lemonade out of it. Throw us a pineapple, we'll turn it to pineapple juice because why? We understand the system of God and we are not bothered when challenges come. And this is a thing I like saying to my family of rest. I said, even your God, your God, your God, your God, your God, if you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, when your God show up, the first thing we saw God, God was solving the problem. Which means there was a circumstances that was trying to speak contrary to the nature of God. But thank God that God know himself. And so he's not confused by the darkness that was upon the face of the deep. The same thing also I'm going to say to you tonight. If you understand who you are in God, regardless, in fact, you will be joyful when trouble comes. 
you'll be happy when circumstances come because why you know this is an order battle that i know that i can win you know too well that if my god can be able to operate when darkness was upon the face of the deep and yet he was not confused he did not complain he did not bother his faith was rested that this very particular one this challenge is common i can handle it it says the bible says in romans chapter 4 verse 20 he said he staggered not at the promises of god i know that your pastor have declared to you because now i am sitting on the for lack of a better word, on a wider platform. I know that your pastor, your man of God, or the servant of God has said to you that this year is your year that you'll be maritally settled. And all of a sudden, you are looking at a month. This is the month of June. God, when is it going to happen? He said, the Bible says, Abraham staggered not. I don't care whether I am 75. I know that my wife is going to have a child. I don't care how long it's going to take. Because why? I know that God cannot deny himself. God is not a God that will change his mind. So because of that, my faith is in God not in my circumstances. I'll repeat it again. Abraham understand that my faith is in God, not in my circumstances. There are stuff that even me, your pastor, sometimes I face. I put it and I say, God, this one belongs to you. I am not going to look at it from my limitation because my faith is in you. And so because of that understanding, I come up with ideas and concepts that I know that only him can pay for it. And trust me, he pays for it because why? My faith is in him. We also see here, one of the things in which I put here, I said here, faith is the confidence that what he says he will do it. And your trust in God will propel your commitment in making and staying regardless of the outcome. The faith is what sponsors confidence. Your trust sponsors commitment. And this is the thing that makes you stay regardless of the outcome. We see in the book of First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 is talking about the story of David. When David was distressed, when the people were planning to stone him, simply because of one nonsense that happened at that very particular point, the Bible says, but David found strength in the Lord. He found strength in God. He didn't find strength with the circumstances around. Most times, the reason why we don't have the grace for us to stay above is because we are looking at the circumstances as the only way for us to be able to come out. But there is something that is bigger that we can be able to engage, that can bail us out from every circumstances. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. The Bible here says, Say, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He said, Has he said it and he shall not do it? Has he spoken it and can he not make it good? Which means God is a God that will never lie. So that promises that covenant that uh, what you call things that you have entered with god my dear i'm here to tell you tonight god cannot lie see you are too small for god to lie i want you to say that one i am too small for god to lie because why he is too big and too big of him to be able to now it gets to your point he now like it's too big it's not possible it's not it's not remove your mind. it's not possible he's too big for him to lie no wonder we see in the book of titus chapter 1 verse 2 Titus chapter 1 verse 2. I feel like as I just said this thing called Titus. I remember a particular, particular fish in Nigeria. It's called Titus fish. You guys don't have it in South Africa. It's okay. Let me get into the word of God. Yeah, that's where you know that your pastor is also physical. Yeah, we think food. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says here. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God, that can, which God, with God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Which means he's making us to understand that God cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18 also said the same thing. He said, by the two immutable things, which it, it is impossible for God to lie. 
It is not, it is not, if God tell you that this year you will get married, my dear, wait till December 31st and see God do a 24 hours marriage. Where before December 31st reach, you get married and you are maritally settled. Because why? He cannot lie. He cannot lie. And so because of that tonight, let's look at our point number four. What is it that we must engage for us to be able to stay above? Remember? It is staying above. Now, this one, I love this one so much. It's titled, Look from where you are. Looking from where you are. Write it down. Looking from where you are. If you notice, I didn't say looking at where you are. Looking from where you are. Where you are currently, look from there. Now, there is something, this is what I'm saying. There is something about what you see that keeps you motivated of the destination in which you are going. There is something that, regardless of what is happening, because I know that, yes, you will say, Pastor, you've told us about the spiritual power. What happened to the physical power? My dear, I am engaging your mind. Because the only way for you to be able to come out of that circumstances is to look from where you are. God said to the guy called, I call him the guy, called, to the guy called Abraham, when Lot left him in the book of Genesis chapter 13, from verse 14 and 15. The Bible says there, Genesis 13, 14 and 15, you can write it down. It says, when Lot has left Abraham, which means there are some certain things. Abraham loved this guy so much, to the point that the guy had decided to go away. And Abraham thought that this is my finish line. Because Abraham thought that for you to be by my side is a consolation of me not having a child or a consolation of me. All of a sudden, that same thing left him. Because why? God was trying to paint a picture in Abraham's mind that would make him stay above regardless of what has left his life. The Bible now says, he now says in that very particular scripture in verse 14, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot had separated from him. I don't know who needs to hear this. The Holy Spirit just dropped something in my head. I'm so excited tonight. There is something in your life that needs to let go, that you need to let go. I know that that very particular thing has been paining you. You know too well that this one must end. You know, you know. I'm talking to you who know. You know that this one must come to an end. You know that, okay, this relationship is not working. And you have been trying everything. It is time for you to let it go. Because my dear, and this is me saying it. I know one of the things I stand as a pastor, I'm going to say it on this very particular platform. I don't believe in abuse. Just because the guy is loving, I mean, the guy is loving one minute, ten minutes, is now angry with you. Emotional, any form of abuse, I don't care. The guy lay hand on you, report him to the police. Immediate, get him arrested, put him in prison, go and give him food for that very particular place. It's okay. Because you have to be alive. All this nonsense of, no, you know, you need to pray. Hey, can't, the, can't the guy pray? If the guy can raise his hand and beat you, he was supposed to pray to, for his hand to be down. So since his hand, he can't pray for his hand to be down, then you also you don't need to pray to put him, to report him to prison. I mean, to put him in prison. Because why? We have seen a society whereby now men are becoming, for lack of better word, they're becoming lazy to their responsibility. Where all of a sudden you think that punching your wife and stuff, my friend, go and punch your mate. And let's see if you can be able to stand it. Beating your wife and stuff and you think that, oh, calm down. Report him. The Bible makes us to understand here. It says, after Abraham, I mean, after Lot has separated from him, God did something because it's covenant principle that God wants us to understand that will make us stay above. The Bible now says, God said to Abraham, he said, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Let's pause there. Look from the place where you are. 
I know that yes, you have lost a lot of things in your life. I know that yes, your husband left you and stuff. I know that yes, you lost the business and stuff. But my question for you tonight, do you still have the vision of the destination in which you know that you are going to? Do you still have it? Because if you don't have it, you're studying the word of God. You're praying God's word. You're staying in faith without something to look up onto. You will always still remain beneath the mark. Because God can only do as far as you can see. Not as far as you can say. The ability for you to see and say is what guarantees your dominion on earth. He said to Abraham, look from where you are. Not look at where you are. And so because of that tonight, let's look at the book of Numbers chapter 13. Because this very particular scripture is going to make it very interesting. Numbers chapter 13, from verse 17 to 20. When the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation around this one, I think, I promise you, I think at a particular, um, what's called commission, I went there to minister. And it, it blesses me because sometimes we read the Bible without us understanding some certain things that God wants to do for us so that it can help us for us to be able to stay above circumstances. But we'll see this very particular scripture, Numbers chapter 13, from verse 17 to 20. Numbers 13, 17 to 20. Numbers chapter 13 from verse 17 to 20. The Bible here says, He said, Then Moses sent them to go and spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up to the mountain to the south and go up to the mountains. He says, And see what the land is like, whether the people dwell in are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the city they inhabited are like camps or stronghold. He said, whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there is forest or not. He now says, be of good courage and bring some fruit of the land. Now that time was the season of the fruit. If you look at this very particular scripture, what Moses was trying to make the people understand, that I know that yes, you are in the wilderness. I know that yes, you are in the place where things are not working. But I want you, I want to sponsor a reality where you look from where you are. And if you are looking, you can't see it. The ability for you to go in that place, for you to go and see it. I was saying to my wife, I am believing this is me. Your pastor is okay. I don't have a problem. We are a church that talks about prosperity and we're not ashamed of it. I said to my wife, I said, see, I think I need to go and test drive the Porsche Cayenne Coupe. Eh, it's a hybrid car. As I'm saying it, you don't understand. I'm feeling it. I want to go and test drive it because why? The same thing Moses was said to Moses said to the people. He said, go to the land. I know that the land is not in my hand, but I want to go and look how that very particular place be. God has said to you that this is your month of financial rest. He has said to you that this year is your year of moving forward. That very particular destination you want to go to. Have you taken the intelligence to sit down and look at the place? If the place is not in view in your head, forget the business of handling that very particular place in your hand. Forget it, forget it, forget it. It has to be so fully enforced and become real in your mental picture. For your hand to physically capture that very particular picture. Your mental picture had to be full for your hand to capture that very particular picture. Your mental picture had to be full. The Bible makes us to understand when Abraham looked from the place where he was. He saw that he can become the father of many nations. No wonder you and I tomorrow we have not recovered from that very particular looking that Abraham looked. And so because of that. What is that very particular scripture making us to understand? Is the fact that you have to see where you are going fully. I know that yes, circumstances is happening right now. Because this very particular title of the message tonight, it says staying above. 
How to stay above constantly is for you to have a picture of the destination where you are going to. Because when the picture of the destination is so full in your mind, the ability for you to engage that very particular reality becomes easy, sweet. And no matter what you go through, it doesn't become a problem. As I'm sitting here, for instance, with Platform Church, I know too well, I remember yesterday, there was something that happened, I don't want to say it currently now because it's a very sensitive case. I mean, sensitive, for lack of a better, sensitive breakthrough. I call it a breakthrough for me. All of a sudden, I started dancing, rolling on the floor because why? I have seen how the church is going to be glorious. I am not bothered by the two or three that is on ground now. Because why? I know too well that I hear God in the calling. And so because of that, I have painted the picture from the eyes of the scripture. And so because of that, I am not bothered how the current circumstances look like. The same thing also I'm saying to you tonight. Have you looked from where you are? I know that, yes, you have lost something in your business. I know that, yes, they said to you that you will never become anything in your life. I know that, yes, somebody pointed you and showed you your failure. They show you your mistake. They show you, or maybe for you, today you went to the office. You lost in your businesses and stuff. And the boss is beginning to name tag you with demonic voices and stuff. My question to you tonight, have you taken out the time for you to look from where you are? The ability to look from where you are. To look from where you are. That is something that for me that I stay very strongly. Even on the vision board where we are family and I was saying to my wife, that is something that is very important. I have so much captured the reality to the point that regardless of what anybody, any devil is saying, it cannot change my position of what I have seen in God. I have looked from where I am. I am not looking at where I am. Look from where you are. I say something here, one of my quotes I like putting. I say your ability to look from where you are is what gives you the power, the enthusiasm, and the passion to live from where you are currently. The ability to look. If you can look from where you are, you will stay above where you are. If you can look from where you are now, you will stay above where you are now. I'll repeat, if you can look from where you are, you will stay above where you are currently. Because there's something that will sponsor your mindset that will change your thinking pattern for you to understand that, Kai, this is too small. I cannot allow this very particular thing to make me go down. I was saying to, I don't know who I was talking to a few minutes, I mean, what's called a few days ago. I said, I remember how I came into this very particular country, but there is a particular picture in my head. I know the picture very well in business that constantly make me joyful. Gives me power, give me enthusiasm for me to pursue daily without me failing, without me being afraid of losing anything. Because why? I have taken time to look from where I am. To look from where I am. And so because of that, now what is the mindset for you to stay above? There must be a mindset for you to stay above. Is the fact that mindset number one, you have to see where you are going fully. You have to see it. My dear, I'm so sorry, you have to see it. Even in, the, even in the cave of Adulam that you are currently now, I want you to see your throne. I know that, yes, you are praying. I know that you are fasting. I know that you're studying the word of God. I know that you have faith. But what picture do you have on your inside that will make that reality to come to pass? What is again must you do? The mindset you must carry is the fact that you must be willing to engage that very particular field. Which means you must be willing to play in that very particular corners. You must be willing to play there. I know you failed in that business. Go back into it. Yes, you failed. And so what? Go back into it. The ability for you to go back. Because why? That's how you stay above. 
They told you that you will never be employed and go. Tell the person, you will never be employed. Carry your CV. Go back to that company and tell them there is a position here. And if they tell you there's no position, tell them, okay, I will create my own. It looks as if, ah, you can't be doing that. My dear, is what they call the stubbornness of faith. You go there because you have pictured yourself that, no, I am working in Einstein Young. I am working in MTN. I am working in Telcom. But how come at the moment not, you will go back there? You will keep knocking the door until the door becomes open, which means you must play in that field. For instance, you need to be employed in MTN. And all of a sudden, they tell you there's no job. Tell the boss, okay, boss, I hear you no job. Don't pay me salary. Because I know the picture I have on my head. I will be helping you carrying your paper every day. If you want tea in this office, I'll be giving you tea. And because why? Your picture in your head, I am working in MTN. And as you are doing that very particular thing, watch God begin to orchestrate happenings for you. Where all of a sudden, you gave the boss tea. The boss is trying to drink the tea. The tea falls on his paper. And he has forgotten because his laptop has crashed. And he needs to make a presentation in the next three hours. And he is panicking. How do I do this? Now, that is where God will now say, my son... This is where you need to come in. Then you tell the boss, well done, hold on, hold on. I can help you arrange the document in the next three hours from now. And you produce it for me in two hours. Which boss will see a T person do that at in excellence? He will employ you. Because why? You are currently operating in that field. You are already in that field. The Bible says there in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He said, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpent and scorpion, and over the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But do you notice something? If you don't play in that field, how do you know that you have the power to trample upon serpent and scorpion? You must be willing to engage. What is again is the mindset as we begin to go into our next point. Do an analysis of what causes the problem. Because sometimes with us as believers, we are quick to bring in the grace of God instead of us being genuine and being sincere. Why am I not staying above this very particular thing? Take time out. Take time. It's not, it's not a problem. I as a pastor, I do it. When things are not working the way I want it to work, I take time out to look at the things. Why is this? Why am I constantly get what's called constantly get betrayed? Why am I constantly get paid? Why are people not 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 why are people not operating the way I want them to operate? Is it that my teachings are not going the way it is? What is it that is happening? How is my work with God? I constantly do an analysis. It's called self-appraiser. The ability for you to sit down with yourself. The problem with us is the fact that we try to be busy with the things of the world and the things of God to the fact that we forget to sit down with ourselves the ability to sit down with yourself and ask yourself a serious question because when you do that very particular thing it helps you to see where you are going because you know i want to get to upumalanga but how come is the car driving to durban there must be something wrong with either the car you the driver or there is a manipulation of the technology of the car that is not making you go to upumalanga instead of durban the ability for you to do a self-appraiser the Bible makes us to understand there in the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 28 and 29. Luke 14, 28 and 29. It says here, it says, For which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first? Ah, I like God. He said, does not sit down first. Count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. He says, less after he has laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it. He say, all who seek to begin to mock him. So which means the ability for you to see that. If you don't want to be mocked, 
if you want to be stay, if you want to constantly stay above all circumstances at this very particular point, you need to take time out to sit down. Ah, somebody say it. I must sit down. <laughs> say it one more time and say it very louder. I must sit down. <laughs> because it is in your sitting down you begin to do a self-appraiser. You say, which of you who wants to build a tower? Which means you have seen the tower. Like we're talking about the place of looking from where you are. You have seen the tower. It is time for you to sit down so that you can stay above every circumstances that may want to come around your space. And after you've done that, then the other thing also you need to do, devise a strategy. Devise a strategy. Devise a strategy. To stay above, you must learn how to devise strategy. And this is the thing here. The Bible says, commit your ways before the Lord and he will direct your path. But do you notice something in that very particular scripture that we all don't understand? You have to be the one to be able to devise the ways. It is after you have devised the ways, you now commit it before the Lord. It says, commit your ways before the Lord. But you have to sit down to devise the ways. The ability to devise the ways. How do I get above and to stay above? There are some certain things in your business, in your life, with the works of your hand, with the calling God has given you. You have to devise the ways. It says, devise the ways and commit it into my hand. Then I, God, will direct the path in the ways that you have devised. It is your business to devise the ways. The ability for you to sit down and devise the strategy. I want to start my business. All my business has just failed. I lost my, what's called, I lost my marriage. My boyfriend decided to abandon me. What is the thing that I need to do? You sit down with yourself and begin to do a device strategy. I call it device strategy for your staying above. Device strategy for staying above. You begin to devise the strategy one after the other. After devising the strategy, then this one takes you to the next point of mind. Is the fact that you engage. You engage. Oh my dear, the only way for you to stay above is for you to engage. Do you know why you just, it's called staying above the covenant way? It's because by the time you have finished devising the strategy, for you to stay above is the fact that you have to go and engage in the battle. He makes us to understand the book of Deuteronomy. He says, I have given you Sihon, the Amorite, and everything and the land and the mountain and stuff. He now says, begin to contend. The contending there means begin to engage in battles. The engaging in battle. Because why? You have taken time for you to pray. You have taken time to study the word of God. You have engaged your faith level. You have seen where you are going to. You have taken time to picture the future in the light of the scripture. And you have devised a strategy that you know this can work. Now, it's time for you to engage. I know that this is June 24th and stuff. That the first half of the year is going to, by this time next week. It's already over. We're already in new month. We're already in second half of the year. I know that, yes, the first half of the year, for me, as far as I'm concerned, chapter has closed. But yet, it is not over until you say so. It is not over until you say so. I repeat it again. It is not over until you say so. Not anybody until you say so. The ability for you to engage. He says in Proverbs 22, 29, he says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He will stand before kings and not mean men. He will stand before men of substance and not just ordinary people. He will stand before people that, that can buy his product, accept him. But do you know that that man must be diligent by engaging in his business? The ability for you to engage. Are you going to engage on that very particular, what you call, um, what you call tower you want to build? Or you are going to sit down 
I remember last week, what's it called last week? Thursday, because I was not here live, we played a particular repeat program, which is tied to the leveraging series. The ability for you to leverage. Do you know that for you to leverage, you have to engage the leveraging strategy? If you've not watched that very particular program, I encourage you to go to Platform Church, go on our YouTube page, you'll see last week, Thursday, we were looking at that very particular concept for us to engage how to leverage. See, leverage is not a crime. It is a system of oppression. Even God, your God, have to leverage on human called Mary to bring your Jesus on earth. So leveraging is a good thing. Don't let anybody make you feel as if because you are leveraging on this man, say no, you are taking advantage. That's your problem. The person was available for, him to, for you to take advantage of them. Case close. It's as simple as that. The ability for you to leverage. Do you know that if Mary was not available, God would look for somebody else. But as far as he's concerned, he's looking for leveraging. He's looking for a place on how to make this work. How to redeem man from the oppression of the devil and from the sin nature that is killing man daily. But he needs to do that from the concept of leveraging. But you know something? God also engage. He engage. He engage. And this is one of the biggest problems that I see with, with an average church, for lack of a better word. We are quick for us to sit. We are quick for us to complain. But we don't sit down to count the cost before engaging. The ability for you to engage. The ability for you to engage. Now that you are engaging, in the next five minutes from now, my time will be up so that we can then be able to pray a mind shift prayers. Because I want every one of you, after the service is over, to stay above every circumstances. Where no matter what happened to you after tonight, you are not bothered, you are not moved. You are operating from the rested life reality that Christ in me is the hope of glory. When we talk about the hope of glory there, we're talking about the system and the strategy that has been embedded in Christ that has empowered us for us to constantly stay above. Now, what are now when we talk about this engaging, how do we engage? We need to understand that there is a method of engaging. In the place of engaging, you need to understand, number one, that you have to engage with what is in your hand. You have to engage with what is in your hand, not engaging with what people have in their hand. No, no. No. Engage with what is in your hand. Exodus chapter 4 verse 2. We get to see God was asking Moses. You, you know, it's a, it's a question whether you, sometimes you're surprised. When I was reading the scripture, my mind, I was thinking, but God, you know now, like why are you asking Moses what is in your hand? The Bible says, and the Lord said unto him, what is in your hand? And Moses answered, a rod. Now you want to ask yourself, but this is an all-knowing God. Asking a man what is in your hand as if you don't know. Because why? God was trying to open the consciousness of Moses that as far as your deliverance and your staying above in life is concerned, I can only route that if you know what is in your hand. So God knew what is in the hand of Moses, but he wants to know if Moses knows what is in his hand. And so because of that, he has to ask him the question, what is in your hand, Moses? And Moses says a rod. My dear sisters and brothers tonight, there is something in your hand for you to use to engage, to stay above that circumstances. There is something in your hand for you to use to engage, to be able to quench every fairy dart of the enemy. There is something in your hand for you to use to engage, to silence every voice that the devil is currently bringing to your life. There is something in your hand for you to engage as a covenant practice or a covenant system to silence the failure, the lack, the poverty in your life. There is always something in your hand. And so because of that, we see in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says here, it says, As each one has received special gift, employing in the service of one another as good steward 
of the manifold grace of God. Which means each one of us carries a gift. My dear, nobody on planet Earth, and hear me and hear me well, as long as you are a believer, let me leave planet Earth. Let me focus on my believers. No believer that is currently in covenant relationship with God does not have something in their hand for them to use. You always have something in your hand. You always have something in your hand for you to use. There is something in your hand that can quench that very particular circumstances. That can silence that thing that is keeping you beneath. There is always something in your hand. We also see in the book of Romans chapter 12 from verse 4 to 6. I will read straight from verse 6. Romans 12 verse 4 to 6. I'm reading verse 6 from the Amplified Version. The Bible says here. It says, having gifts, faculty, which means your brain is something. I like this God. He said, having gift, faculties, talent, qualities, which means it was making us to understand this gift. That gift can be a faculty. It can be ability for you to have an idea. Because I know you will say, I don't have two million in my bank account and stuff, but you have an idea. Take that idea and I'm going to engage with somebody who has money for you to stay above. Take that very particular talent and begin, if your talent is for you to make, or for example, like this very particular uh, multicord, this very particular design that is on this very particular handkerchief, if your ability is for you to be able to be craftsmanship, engage with that very particular thing. Or if your own is qualities, you have qualities that are, for example, you are excellent in nature. Somebody give you something, you know how to, for example, you are administrative. You know how to put system and structure in place, whereby when you come to a place that is haphazardly and stuff, you can be able to engage that very particular thing easily. There is something in your hand. He now says, having gift, which is faculty, your brain, talent, things you can use for exchange, qualities, special things that is very rare in the market that differs according to the grace given to us. He now says, let us use them. That was a condition, using them. The ability for us to use them. And number two, how do we now begin to do this engaging mindset? Now remember, we're talking about the engaging, because I want you to stay above. The engaging mindset is the fact that you must be willing to use them. Number one, remember, you have something in your hand. Oh, you do have. You do have. I remember the story of the widow of Zarephath. When what you call when the brook dried up and God had to tell Elijah to go to meet the widow of Zarephath and stuff. And all of a sudden, the Bible made me to understand that when that very particular widow, um, what you call the Elijah, is it Elijah or Elijah? I can't even remember now very well. Ask her, please give me something. She said, see, the only thing I have is this one. But I was something. For another person again is called Elisha. Elisha went to meet that very particular pastor's wife. Who all of a sudden, poverty has been beating the woman beat down to the point that she, at that moment, everything that she had, the borrowers have come, is it borrowers or the lenders, they call them, has come to, is it, South Africa call it Mashulisha. Those ones who you go borrow and they now come collect everything. That was what the pastor, so that's why sometimes poverty does not respect your spirituality. It respects insight and foresight and what to do to remove from yourself. Because that woman was a pastor's wife. So which means the pastor died broke. Left the woman with poverty, not in platform. In the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, Elisha asked the woman, what is in your house? She first and foremost said nothing. But tango, she think. She said, no, but only a, a, for lack of a better word, a cruise of oil. It's just a bottle. And Elisha was like, it's enough. As long as you have something, we can then work with that. And after then, Elisha told the woman what to do. Thank God she did not go home because she has the capacity to go home and sit down and look at that thing and say, this does not make sense. How come this just this glass of water and you start to go and borrow more gallons? You, man of God, you must be. Like South Africa would say, you are not serious. 
but she did she suspended her mental faculty to open her brain into the spiritual possibility to engage and use what was in her hand and when she did that you and i understand too well that she woman lived for the rest of her life with that very particular selling oil maybe somebody tonight you lost your job and you are thinking this is just me the Holy Spirit just prompted in my mind you lost your job and you are thinking and all you have is for you to sell that oil sell the oil my dear engage that thing that's how you stay above in the thing the bible says in daniel chapter 1 verse 17 it says and for these four he was talking about the four hebrews children he said god has gave them knowledge and skill knowledge and skill knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all kinds of wish vision and dreams he had understanding in all kind on visions and dream and so because of that point the next point for us to consider before i bring it to a close tonight is the fact that my dear nobody and hear me well to stay above nobody is holding you back or nobody is competing with you i know this does not sound like the scripture you want me to quote nobody is holding you bound and nobody is competing with you let's get to see this very particular scripture as i bring my thought to a close joshua chapter 14 from verse 12 to 15 joshua 14 12 to 15 the bible says here he says now therefore give me this mountain because why joshua understand that i refuse to see anybody that's going to compete with me remember the scripture we've read before in the book of numbers Joshua understand that there were 10 people who were competing. I mean, the 10 guys who were competing with him and Caleb. I mean, with jo Joshua and Caleb and stuff. He knew that there were 10 people, but this time he recognized. I refuse for me not to stay above what I know I can be above. And he now says, therefore now give me this mountain. Whereof the Lord spake in that day. He said, for, the for, he said, for thou heardest in the day how the Anakims were there. And the city were great and fenced. If so be to the Lord, with, if so be the Lord be with me, he said, then I shall be able to drive them out. Do you notice his statement? I shall be able. He was not looking at competition. The problem with us as an average believer, we are always doing over analysis. Checking out what your competitor's advantages are or disadvantages are. It's a good thing, but I want you to understand that the only way for you to stay above in the things God has given you to do, regardless of the circumstances, you must understand this as you go out of this service to go and engage nobody is your competitors nobody is holding you back if you are still sitting after this message and nothing change you cost it yourself and it has nothing to do with god because why he make me to understand in the book of second peter he says all by his divine power has he given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness with this being said tonight, let's pray. What is the prayer you're going to pray tonight? Father, the grace for me to stay above. The grace for me to know what to do at every point in time. Let it rest upon me. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Karoto shabranaki yagado sheleketuskata.
Reteko balata ilegegu barano shede igoro sata. Reketos kabe inatos zeleketi shata. There is always what to do for you to stay above. God is not holding anything from anybody. Everything that will make man live a glorious life on planet earth, it has been given to man. Open your mouth and begin to pray and say, Lord, tonight I stay above all. I stay above all. I refuse, Father, for me to allow circumstances to navigate or to tell me what to do. Lord, by this service tonight, I stay above. Open your mouth and begin to pray tonight. Eleko kush kabrata, reketo jele inakoshata, re inakoziana eboto legedu shalata. Lord, I stay above tonight. I stay above tonight. I stay above tonight. Rakutu balata legedo shata. Lord, I ask for the grace, the grace for me to engage, to engage in prayers, to engage in studying the word of God, and to stay, to engage in keeping the faith, to look from where I am, to engage Father my mind for a prayer. Productive staying above. Lord, tonight let it rest upon me. Ratakoshka berina kosata. Habranatoshka legadusha lataka brotosa. Atia nakuta lebra idoshata. Maketoko barata legadushata. Father, Lord, tonight I come before you. I bring your sons and your daughter before you tonight. I speak as a servant of the Most High God. Anything that is fighting their staying above tonight, I bring them down in the name of Jesus. I pray for every one of them under the sound of my voice. Whatever the enemy is using to fight you to stay beneath, I break that battle off your neck in the name of Jesus. I pray for you from today. You know the Lord has ministered to you what you need to do to stay above. I pray that the spirit for you to engage, the willingness, the grace, the enthusiasm, the power, the passion, and the mind for you to engage. Receive it tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.